0: Hey, this is Mr. Anderson. Anderson, and you are listening to Two Out of Three Falls.
1: Yeah, 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 what up? You know, it's uh, Peter Rosenberg, Hot 97, ESPN,
0: WWE Network, Cheap Peak Podcast. Let's see, what else? I got mad jobs out here, but right now, talking all things wrestling with my man, Randy Cruz, the Cruise Control Podcast. Sit back
1: and stay mage. You're listening to Cruise Control with Randy Cruz. This is the voice of the new world order, NWO, and the secrets of WCW Nitro. New two out of three falls here on the Cruise Control Podcast. Find us on SoundCloud and iTunes, soundcloud.com slash Cruise Control Podcast, and hit us up on iTunes, give us a download, rate, comment subscribe all that good stuff again both on soundcloud and itunes i am joined by mr graham matthews of bleacher report he's on twitter at Russell rant graham my man how you doing
0: Randy, doing well. We're flying solo here today. As you mentioned uh, before, he went live. The Mark is in Chicago right now, so best of luck to him as he covers the uh, latest UFC pay-per-view with the best in the world, CM Punk, on the card. But shout-outs at NBA. It's become a regular thing here in the podcast, but I'm sure he's going to be happy to hear us flying solo for the first time in a while.
1: Hey, man. uh, Me and you doing it like like back in the day. I know Mark is in Chicago right now covering UFC 225, CM Punk's second UFC uh, fight. Uh, he's his own one. So hopefully CM Punk can get the 500 and, and get a victory. Uh, but yeah, again, you can follow both Graham on Twitter at WrestleRant. You can follow Mark Raimondi from MMAFighting.com on Twitter at Mark underscore Raymondi, And you can follow me on Twitter at Randy J Cruz. Uh, since we're on the subject of CM Punk UFC 225 this weekend in Chicago... Um, I mean, Grant, what are you looking forward to seeing in a CM Punk match? Are you emotionally invested as a fan as you were for for his first fight? Are you more like, yeah, CM Punk, second fight, whatever. Uh, Will you check it out? And do you think that regardless of whether he wins or loses, does he continue to stay in the UFC or go somewhere else? Maybe back to the WWE? I highly doubt that. But what do you think?
0: In terms of my own interest for the fight, um, I am looking forward to it. I am looking forward to seeing how he's going to do. Is it at the same height that it was for his first fight? No. And I think a lot of people will say the same thing just because he got crushed in the first fight. And that was really more a matter of like, how is he going to fare inside the octagon compared to his WWE days? We now know that he's not that good or at least not that skilled. He has number now, you know, like a year and a half, two years now under his belt. In in addition, everything else that he trained prior to that point. I don't think much has changed. I guess he could win. It would be a hell of a month for CM Punk. If he can go from winning that court case with Chris Amon, which we'll talk about a little later on, and then winning his second-ever UFC fight, which would be, would be huge for him, I don't expect that to happen. Um, I am looking forward to it, though. Again, I'm a big Punk fan, have been since day one for the most part, so um, it should be cool to see him and hear cult of personality for the first time since that fight two years ago. Mm. Um, what this might mean for his future... People are saying that if he loses, he's done. And I think I gotta agree with that. I don't know how you keep this guy around on the main pay-per-views if he loses again. The first one was really just an attention grabber to get people, you know, their eyes on the product, see how he's gonna do.
1: Right. He
0: lost in embarrassing fashion. Um he put up a hell of a fight. He tried, but he lost. So I give him respect for that. But still, You can't continue to go along with CM Punk as a UFC fighter if he's not a legit contender in any form or fashion. So I think it might be over for him, at least at that elite level of UFC. I'm honestly shocked he's on the pay-per-view, but they are in Chicago, they are in his hometown, and it was a draw, Mm -hmm. so there is that. There is something to be said for that. Um, Beyond UFC 225, where does CM Punk go from there? Obviously, a return to WWE I think has got to be ruled out. I, I do not see that being a possibility anytime soon if at any point let alone in the next 10 years or so um i think the bigger question as we've talked about before here on the show is cm punk all in now i know i think nick hausman with WrestleZone talked to punk immediately following the court case on tuesday asking him at the end has anything changed are you all in and he just Promptly said no. Now, granted, if he was all-in, he would not be breaking it on a fucking Twitter interview with someone from WrestleZone. So, I mean, if he was going to be there, it would be a surprise at this point. Right. Um, So I I expect him to play some sort of role in the show, regardless of whether he wins or loses on Saturday. Um, I'm not sure what time the fight goes on. I would love to check it out live, depending on what time it's on. It might be closer to midnight, if I'm not mistaken. But um, I am looking forward to it. We'll see how he does. I think he will lose. I want to have more faith in the guy. I just don't based off that first fight. But uh, best of luck to him, though.
1: So this lawsuit that uh, you know we keep hearing about, I, I'm not too much up on that. But I, I, I kept seeing on Twitter early today that he, that he won the trial. So what is that all about?
0: So Dr. Chris Amon, who is the, like, the go-to doctor in WWE and has been for years now, Essentially, long story short, sued Punk for his comments made towards Eamon in that podcast he put out back in late 2014. Okay, So this has been going on for like three and a half years at this point, which is fucking crazy. But that's just how the legal system works, unfortunately. So it's been dragged out for that long. Eamon was claiming that Punk's comments in the podcast cost him so much or caused him so much distress and all this um, you know, hurt his standing in the company as a doctor. Hurt his reputation. He really did not provide any substantial evidence, other than the fact that people were bringing signs, the shows, mocking the ZPAC comment towards Eamon and making um, vile comments towards him on Twitter. Hey, if we could all sue for fucking mean comments on Twitter, we'd all be billionaires. But the world doesn't work that way. And he also admitted that, yeah, the podcast really did not hurt my standing in the company. He's probably being paid just as much, if not more now than he was three or four years ago. So that's obviously stupid. And he also had um, a moment during one of the testimonies, I think late last week, where he admitted to being negligent as a doctor, breaking the HIPPA laws or something like that. So that he had that not going for him during the trial. So again, long story short, Punk won. Um, I think Eamon was suggesting yesterday in the closing arguments of the case that he be paid $1 for every person that listened to the podcast, which is so fucking stupid. Um, but it came out; it would have come out to almost $4 million. Wow. What a ridiculous sum of money. Obviously, they the, the jury was smarter than that. They ruled in Punk's favor and called Cabana. Why he was even dragged into this, I have no clue. But yeah, they won. Uh, Punk was very happy about that, as was Cabana. And um, that's about it. So thankfully, that ends would seem to end his WWE chapter, um, of the punk of of mm-hmm. Punk's life, so he no longer has to deal with him. And seemingly WWE had no involvement in this. It was only strictly Eamon and Punk, but I'm sure they were watching, um they they were keeping a close eye on this trial to see you know which way they would go, and obviously Punk won, and thankfully so because the whole thing was fucking stupid in the first place. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's what's going on with Punk, and thankfully he won, and we hopefully we can walk away with this, and uh, maybe he can come back to the company down the line with no ill will towards Eamon or whatever. But yeah, that's the way it worked out on Tuesday.
1: Well, you know, big ups and congrats to Punk to uh, you know winning that lawsuit. Um, we'll see how he does at, at UFC two two five next week when when Mark gets back with. At his reaction of how the building was, the energy, and whether Punk loses or wins, you know, what's um what's the future for Xiaom Punk going forward? But I think that'll be a very interesting convo for us to have when Mark gets back. Um we have Money in the Bank coming up, also in Chicago, which you're gonna be at. So Mark is in in Chicago now for UFC two two five. You will be in Chicago for Money to Bank in about a week and a half, I believe, right? That is correct. So as of right now, we have 10 matches. And I don't know we'll do the preview show You know when that time comes. But 10 matches, again, co-branded, pay-per-view. Um, I think everything is settled except who's going to be in the men's Money to the Bank ladder match between Big E, Kofi, Xavier. It doesn't really matter to me. But let's run this down. Uh, Daniel Bryan, the big cast, got added to the card recently, I think, on SmackDown. Uh, Seth Rollins and Elias for the Intercontinental title. I think that was uh, added this week or last week?
0: That was added, I think, late last week on Twitter okay. by WWE. Yep.
1: That, I think that should be a very interesting interesting matchup. Uh, Bobby Lashley, Sami Zayn. Uh, not a match I'm looking forward to see. Anyway, Um, the Bludgeon Brothers against Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson for the SmackDown Tag Titles. Roman Reigns, Jinder Mahal. Carmella Oscar for the SmackDown Women's Championship, Ronda Rousey, Nia Jax for the Raw Women's Championship, AJ and Nakamura, last man standing match for the WWE title, Braun Strowman, Finn Balor, The Miz, Rusev, Bobby Roode, Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe, and one of the New Day for the men's Money in the Bank ladder match, and Ember Moon, Charlotte, Alexa, Becky, Natalia Lana, Naomi, and Sasha, Sasha Banks now for the uh, Money in the Bank ladder match for the women. So, from Raw SmackDown this week, which I, I again, I dvr it, I fast-forwarded it, doing some work over here. I probably stopped on it a couple times, maybe for that Seth Rollins tag match um, with Roman against uh, Jinder and Elias. Um, Sami in with the promo with Bobby Lashley from the stands. Um... I think that's all I, I recall from Raw and SmackDown. I'm drawing a blur. I don't even think I saw SmackDown. So my question is, anything noteworthy from Raw and SmackDown that kind of escalated and elevated this upcoming Money in the Bank uh, pay-per-view? Not at
0: all. I oh, mean, man. on paper, the pay-per-view <laughs> looks solid. But, yeah, I mean, we were talking about this before we went live that if we did a show reviewing Raw and SmackDown, this show would be five minutes. Because I agree Raw was Raw sucked. I'm going to be honest with you. The Raw mm. sucked. The entire show was terrible. We had the opening segment with Elias and Rollins and Reigns and Mahal. Right. I thought that was a good tag match. I thought Balor and Owens was pretty good in the main event. Not as good as it could have been, but I thought it was pretty good. Um, everything else was a complete fucking blur because it sucked. Easily one of the worst Raws in recent weeks. and that's saying something because Raw has not been good since like right after WrestleMania, since like the Superstar Shakeup. And then SmackDown was a bit better. Um, again, again, not a home run of a show. I'm trying to think even what happened. Um, I just don't remember (laughs) being like, I don't remember thinking, oh, that was a terrible show like Raw. But yeah, we had like the New Day tag team main event, which was good. Um, The cast stuff does absolutely nothing for me. The women's stuff with Carmella and Asuka does nothing for me. Um, We had Lana Wrestling, which is never a good thing. I don't know. There's a few other things, but SmackDown was all right. Raw was way worse. Yeah, the build of the show has sucked. If I wasn't going, I would not be looking forward to Money in the Bank at all.
1: I mean, again, I did not see... I mean, you know what? I saw the last five minutes of SmackDown where that uh, uh, six-man tag with the with the pancakes and, and Samoa Joe hitting um, the Miz and, and him leaving and him and uh, Rusev hitting... Well, one of them hit Miz, Miz in the face. They both left. Um, that was really it. We still don't know if Big E, Kofi, or, or Xavier is going to be in that match. Um, I saw a big cast do a promo from like outside in the crowd somewhere, and that was pretty much it. So, um, that's your daily Raw SmackDown <laughs> review. Cause I, I there's mm-hmm. nothing really, you know, escalating where it's like, like you, you, you know, you're a fan who, who who's going there from uh from Connecticut to be like, wow, I can't wait to go there. But like, there's no intrigue. I, 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 you know what, I saw something online where they did a, a backstage thing with the um the contract signing with aj and nakamura i did not see the segment i just saw a picture so um at least tell me that was decent the 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 contract signing between uh aj page and nakamura how was that i thought that was
0: good i thought it was one of the better contract signings in recent memory they kept it short simple and sweet um i hate i mean first of all contract signings are such a tired trope in this company they do it all the time they're never any different they talk they talk shit it ends in a brawl. Wash, rinse, repeat with these guys with the um, with the contract signings. But I thought this one was good. Again, it didn't last longer than like five minutes. And it took place backstage, too. It was perfect. They told the story with Nak- Nakamura playing the mind games. I-, I completely forgot about that. But, yeah, I thought that was one of the highlights from Tuesday SmackDown. It definitely uh, was one of the better segments from AJ and Nakamura in recent weeks.
1: And what about that, that uh, well, for me, that terrible segment with, uh, with <coughs> when Natali was – Hurt and Naya said, Oh my God, are you okay? And Rhonda comes out and has to help her out, and they're, they're fighting over who's Natalia's best friend. and I didn't mean to do that. Well, you know, you are in the wrestling business, and Rhonda and Naya just staring into the, the the thin air when the camera goes away. I'm like, Okay. Um, yeah. That was, that was stupid. That was pretty bad. That was pretty bad. <laughs>
0: that was really bad. The build of that match has been atrocious, though.
1: I, th- I think the build to, to, to hype in Rhonda has been um not you know now now what do you expect not up to par a big time mm. free agent signing and the, the big one of the, the best athletes in the world comes to your company and you don't have shit for her to do I'm not saying she has to be in every segment or, or on every raw just when she's out there just she's either doing a commentary uh looking into in, into thin air helping uh Natalia or in the ring uh, with a promo with Nia Jax, and she, don't sh- and she don't say shit. So I'm like, what are you doing?
0: Yeah, just the way they're booking her, I mean, she still comes across like a big deal. I won't say that she feels like just another person yet because she still comes out to big reactions every week. But that's going to eventually fade out if they keep up with this just terrible creative they have her dealing with. The thing is, is that when she came in, they should have mapped out what they're going to be doing with her. I know s- long-term storytelling is not their forte for anyone not named Roman Reigns. But, I mean, Ronda Rousey is a big enough star they should have known in advance with the women what they were getting and what they should be doing with her moving forward, starting with the mixed tag team match at WrestleMania, right. maybe then moving into a feud with Mickie James, which was teased but never happened, um, or a feud with Alexa Bliss, or even like Dana Brooks, somebody. Somebody! Or even the Riot Squad. Uh, but they were just, I mean, the report going around a few weeks ago was that they didn't want to go another pay-per-view without featuring her, but at the same time, they didn't want to put her in the ladder match, which I understand, but it's like, you have enough women on that brand to justify doing a Ronda Rousey versus Mickie James undercard match. She does not need to be fighting for the championship. And even worse than Ronda is Nia Jax. Now, we talked about this last week, Mm. but the face heel, face heel, face heel shit is just ridiculous. She had some momentum coming out of WrestleMania, like the whole, you deserve a chance, and she was coming across as likable and and genuine, and I liked that, and I know she kind of works better as a heel in the ring, and I I understand that, but the subtle turn, or the, the sudden turn, rather... Was just so awfully executed where she is saying, oh, you know, I'm a fucking bully now, despite the fact that she was saying be a star literally like three weeks ago. And now she's going back to being a baby face and she was smiling and all this other stuff on Raw this week. I don't know what the fuck is going on with her. I could not care less. The match itself I knew was never going to be any good between Ronda and Nia Jax. But they have made me care less about the feud as well, which is not good. So hopefully they can salvage Ronda. I don't know if winning the title is the answer or what the hell they did with her, but they really should have my, – my point being is that they really should have known what they were doing with her coming out of WrestleMania, setting forth a number of matches and feuds for her, leading into the very likely expected match with Charlotte Flair next year's WrestleMania.
1: Mm. Well, I, I, I would assume we all know Ronda is not going to walk out money to bank with the title. It's just how how they're going to play it off, some kind of smart finish. Are they going to make it look bad in the process? Um, I'll be shocked if Ronda Rousey walks out as champion. I don't think she will. Uh, I know some fans are out there are going to be like, oh, man, it's too quick. She don't deserve it, blah, blah, blah. I mean, if she wins, let's see where they go with it. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. But to me, I think they're going to um, you know, have some kind of not a count out or somebody comes in, attacks it. Maybe, maybe uh, Natalia was faking this whole time. Something like that to, to kind of um, cause some distraction, not make a lose one two three, but kind of give like a, uh, a, a, a a fucking DQ or something. So uh, I know we'll talk about that more next week. But talking about something more better than than Raw and SmackDown is the possibility of a Shawn Michaels return. So that that was buzzing on my on my Twitter timeline the last couple of days, and he was doing an, um, an interview, and basically, I, you know, I don't want to misquote him. He said, uh, somebody asked him, would you consider coming back, coming back for one more match? And he said, if, it's, if, it, if it is done the right way. Uh, and I think hearing that from Sean, and this is 2018, he retired in 2010 at WrestleMania 26, and every time anybody would ask him, He's like, you know what? I'm done. I'm 50, whatever, 49 years old. I'm done. I, I did my thing, and I want to stick to the story of that. You know, I lost a retirement a retirement match to to Taker at WrestleMania 26, and that's what I'm gonna do. Um, fans have been clamoring for Oh, him and AJ, and there was a, a fake poster for Royal Rumble, and people thought maybe you know maybe Shawn Michaels and AJ, but that's never happened. This is the first time in a, and since he retired that he even gave it. Some thought, like, hey, if it's done the right way, and to go further, he said it would have to be it would have to be done the right way for one more match than something like a long term program. Which you know, I don't think anybody, any one of us, want to see Shawn Michaels Mm -hmm. at fifty three in a long term title run or contention. He also did say it could be possible, but. You know, people would have to accept the fact that they will—they won't, won't be getting uh, Mr. WrestleMania, the Showstopper, and it'll have to be somewhere like a, a tag team match with Triple H. Um, and again, fans—even now—they want to see AJ and Shawn, or Shawn and this guy, or Shawn and that guy. One, what did you make of Shawn even—even even remotely thinking about one more match? Two, it possibly being a tag match. Down the road, or three, are you a fan that says, hey, Sean, you're 53 years old. I love you. You're you one of my all-time favorites. But uh, I think it's best for you to not come back for one more match. Yeah, my Twitter
0: timeline was uh, buzzing as well this past week with the same thing that yours was with the Sean Michaels talk. And it's weird. He's like the reverse Stone Cold Steve Austin. Because for the longest time, with Steve Austin saying coming out of his you know, pretty much official retirement, which wasn't really official, but it kind of was. I'm um, at WrestleMania 19. For years, he was saying, Oh, you know, I might come back for one more match. I got one more run left in me. It's got to be the right mo- It's got to be the right match for the right money, blah, 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 blah. And then in like 2015, 2016, he like outright said, No, yeah, I'm done. I'm not coming back. And I know that's a health thing because of his neck and whatever. And at 50, we know a, a Stone Cold match at his age, mm-hmm. unless it's all smoke and mirrors, is going to be complete shit. I mean, I mean, just let's face it. Right. With Shawn Michaels, it wasn't really a health thing. Obviously, he ended his career on his own terms. So it is weird that all of a sudden he is entertaining the idea of one more match, despite saying for eight years straight that he would wrestle never again. Um, coming out of WrestleMania 26. So, yeah, like you said, I mean, there's been so many opportunities for it to happen. And WWE has reached out before. It's not like they don't want him to come back. You can imagine the payday for Michaels if he did. But it's not about the money with him. I mean, I, I guess it could be. Um, but, you know, they've asked him to come back with, for, like, a match with Daniel Bryan before, back in, like, 2013, 2014. He said no to that. They even, he has gone on the record and said that they did ask him about the AJ match after the rumor started, yeah. and he said no. So there was a possibility at one point, and he said no. Um, So again, I feel like if he said no to that, then I don't know what he would say yes to. Now, he did say later on in that interview, I did read the interview where this was quoted, he said, if I did come back, and this is what kind of makes me fearful, he said, oh yeah, if I did come back, it would not be, people have to accept that it would not be as Mr. WrestleMania, it would not be as the showstopper, and I understand that. Like you said, Randy, the guy's 53 years old. He's not going to be putting on the Caliber of a match that he did at WrestleMania 21 with Kurt Angle. But he's like, if I was going to come back, it would likely be for something along the lines of like a DX reunion where I would hit a couple super kicks, do a couple uh, suckets, and that's about it. I have absolutely zero fucking interest in a Shawn Michaels Triple H DX tag team reunion again <laughs> in 2018. Give me a fucking break. In a match, anyway, when they do the occasional on TV reunion, that's cute. That's fine. That's fun. I'm totally okay with that. But if they were to go, what, have a match with the, the, the Bludgeon Brothers, the new, like, who cares? <laughs> who cares? I know, you know, all the Attitude Era fans would go crazy for it, but, uh. and it would make some money. But really, is it worth it for Shawn Michaels to come out of retirement for a couple super kicks and a couple suckets? Like, who gives a shit? So, um, that it, it seemed to me that based off the interview that he gave, that's the only way that he would come back. If it was for something like that where he would be taking limited bumps. Because he knows that if he wrestles a regular singles match against an AJ Styles, against the Daniel Bryan, against the Seth Rollins, people would be disappointed. It would be a good match, but not nearly as good as people would think it would be. I think just leave well enough alone, don't come back, and just end it on the note that he did a WrestleMania 26. That's my two cents.
1: So you'll be the fan in the crowd saying, no more matches, Instead of yes. one more match. <laughs> exactly. Oh, no um, more matches. No more matches. Yeah, I, I agree with that. He, he did say so. Again, they, they kept asking him, you know, again, in a dream scenario, if we do come back, who are some people you would uh, want to tango with? He said, AJ, uh, Daniel Bryan will be good. And there's and then there's guys in NXT, too. Someone like a Johnny Gargano will be fantastic. So, you know, of course, fans go, oh, my gosh, Shawn Michaels, Johnny Gargano would be crazy. Yeah. Um, even AJ and Daniel Bryan, I think those would be the only two or three people that you can see him come back for. Like, you know, he, he's not fighting Seth Rollins. He's not fighting Reigns and, you know, people like that. But, um, like we said, he, 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 would, he would want it to be a tag match with Hunter, do a couple crotch chops, some, you know, nostalgia act. And, you know, like you said, do a couple of uh, sweet chin music and bing, bang, boom, you're out. He might have a longer match than Taker did in Cena at WrestleMania 34. um this year so i mean just the thought of sean michael's coming back again if it's done right sean is one of my all-time favorites so i'll be more like okay i'll be kind of cool because we've seen kane at 50 whatever fight we've seen taker at 55 or whatever fight we've seen sting at 52 fight uh we've seen rick flair at 50 plus fight you know but if he if he wants to hold on to that I had a retirement match gimmick and I lost and, and I want to keep that, then, you know, I I, I would say I, I respect that. But, um, if he, and it, but my thing is if he doesn't get back in the ring, um, I'm not that upset, but I would ask you, do you have an all time favorite Shawn Michaels match in general? And then set aside part B, what is his best WrestleMania match?
0: I think the answer to both questions would have to be the WrestleMania 25 match with The Undertaker. Mm. Now, I know that's a cliche answer, but yeah. I mean, I think it would have to be that that <laughs> match. I mean, he's had so many amazing matches. You really can't go wrong with anyone um, if you name, like, Kurt Angle from WrestleMania 21. That would also be up there as one of my favorite Michaels Wonderful. matches, just in general and also at WrestleMania. Um, I wouldn't argue with you there. I enjoy the Triple H feed. Their matches aren't, like, the best of HBK's career. <laughs> But they are damn good. I thought the Hell in a Cell match was great. The match at SummerSlam was fucking awesome. Um, that was really, really good. There's a bunch of others. The three-way from WrestleMania 20 with Benoit and Triple H. There's so many. But I would have to say for both questions, uh, WrestleMania 25 with The Undertaker. If you said 26, I'd I'd be okay with mm-hmm. that too. But I do think the original is better in my opinion.
1: I mean, um, you can't forget him and Bret Hart. Iron Man match either. Uh, yes, I mean, I think the match is
0: pretty polarizing. I think there's a lot of people out there who think that match is overrated. At least from what really? I've seen, I enjoyed the match. I don't. Th- I think it's a very good match. I don't think it's the best, but in terms of moments, you can't top his first ever WWE Championship win. So I do agree with that. Maybe, maybe best moments of his of his career. Maybe not top three best matches, though.
1: All right. So real quick, play play advocate with me, real quick. Why sure. would why would a fan think Brett Sean? WrestleMania 12, Iron Man match, it's overrated.
0: That it's – because it's an hour, in theory, it should be a great match between two guys that can fucking go to the best ever, let alone of their generation. But – and I do agree with some of the criticism. I'm not saying it's a bad match. I don't even think it's overrated. I do enjoy the match. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people have said – that it's just way too slow and it really didn't pick up until like the final 10 minutes or so. And it feels like there's a formula there. And I think even Bret Hart has said, even in a book or a podcast or something might've been Michaels where like, it was a lot of rest holds. And then like every five minutes they would do a spot just to kind of switch it up. But it was largely a lot of just a lot of stagnant stuff. Now I know that's a lot of Iron Man matches because you really, it's, it's tough to go out there and have a great hour long match. Um, but just for that time period, it was kind of, I mean, maybe for the time period, it was better than what we remember it to be just because 96 did not produce a lot of amazing wrestling that did not involve <laughs> yeah. our Shawn Michaels. Um, but yeah, maybe I, I could see that being the biggest criticism that a lot of it was just boring up until the ending.
1: Do you think fans nowadays would be like, Hey man, Seth Rollins fighting for an hour in a gauntlet match is better than a Sean and Brett.
0: Yes. Yes, I can definitely. People say, I can honestly, I can agree with that to an extent.
1: I can agree with that because
0: that match, that gauntlet match on Raw, was exciting. But then again, it's different though. Because that, that Shawn Michaels Brett match, Mm. you had the two, you had the same two people in there for an hour. The gauntlet match had like Rollins in there, yes, but he was facing Cena and then Reigns. So it's a different story. So if someone says, oh, the gauntlet match was better, that's because he had fucking John Cena and Roman Reigns to work with and then Bret Hart or Shawn Michaels rather only had Brett Hart, who's amazing, but Rollins had the benefit of working with two different guys. That's basically two matches in one.
1: Yeah, I, listen, man, again, we're in a different era, different age. And if somebody says Seth Gauntlet match for an hour with better than Sean and Brett, I'm not going to get as mad as quick depending on their age. Um, but I got to be like, all right, if that, if that's your opinion, you're entitled to, you're entitled to your to your own opinion, then fine. But for me, Sean and Brett is over Seth with uh the golden match. And you know, kinda leading into what what I'm gonna say next, that, you know, I asked a question on Twitter during the week, uh, just to kind of kill time here, and I said, What are some of the best storylines in wrestling in the last ten years? So a lot of my responses were a fucking thing that happened two years ago. And I'm like, All right, you, know, you know, you have to know your audience and know the age. But I am going to read off some of the answers and you tell me, yes, that's cool, eh, maybe not. Or if any ones that you feel were left out, we can kind of, you know, plug the hole. So um, from Ciroc underscore Obama, he said, Randy Orton and the legacy versus the McMahons. Eh,
0: really not one. Of, I mean, Orton punting McMahon was pretty cool. Uh, I don't know if it was one of the greatest storylines of the last 10 years, but that it, that's more of it in the middle for me personally. All
1: right. At heel, Rosales, 2015 Seth Rollins storylines were fire. So that's all, that's all I got.
0: Rollins was pretty badly booked as champion, to be honest. The guy was fucking losing a lot towards the end. <laughs> so I don't know if that's exactly true. Rollins as a performer in 2015 was great. His yeah, yeah. storylines with, I mean, with who? With Sting? With, like, Brock Lesnar? I, I don't know if I agree with that. But Rollins in 2015 was pretty boss, though. I will say that. I don't know about the storylines part, though.
1: Um, at B, at BD King, um, he said Summer of Punk 2.
0: Yeah, from 2011, absolutely. That's Yeah, it goes oh, yeah. without saying.
1: Hands down. Um, at Captain Hype, Jericho and KO friends to best friends to the festival of friendship. Great storytelling. Yeah, I agree.
0: That whole JO, uh, whole, whole Jericho storyline from the summer of 2016 to the uh, spring of 2017 was fantastic, so I agree with that.
1: Uh, let me get uh, – I know there's more. Okay, now, now this is what I'm talking about. From Haman – SHKR. Johnny Gargano versus Ciampa. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. I mean, I know that's not the main roster, but it really is one of the best storylines of the last 10 years that we're counting on next day.
1: The Real Troy Boy. I thought the CM Punk versus John Cena rivalry was really good, too. That Money the Bank match was great, and Punk walking out with the title was quality. I think we all kind of agree with that. Yep. Um, At J. Lewis UTW. The Rhodes family authority storyline—a lot more could, uh, a lot more could have came from this. But when the authority fires Cody, and that promoted the Gold Dust return, plus Dusty being in that corner, was an awesome and forgotten feud, in my opinion.
0: Absolutely, very forgotten, very underrated. That whole time period in WWE was pretty fucking terrible, but. Um, They did catch lightning in a bottle with that storyline and that one battleground match with the Rhodes brothers versus the shield was one of the best matches all year. So I will absolutely agree with that. Thank you for including that, by the way, whoever wrote that.
1: (laughs) Well, we could thank Jay Lewis, UTW. At this time, Rhodes was, was was Stardust, right? Or he was still Cody Rhodes? No, he was still Cody
0: Rhodes. He was teaming with Goldust, but he wasn't. He would was, thank God he was not Stardust. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was that was like when Cody Rhodes was like really, really hot, but they didn't go anywhere with him. So typical WWE.
1: <laughs> um, at Dan Polts, MGMT, Money in the Bank. Oh, Seth Rollins, Money in the Bank run, culminating. In the cash in at WrestleMania thirty one.
0: I agree. I would say that more so than the twenty fifteen storyline answer from before. If you're including his Money in the Bank run where he turned on the Shield and then had that feud with Ambrose, mm. absolutely agree. That was a great feud.
1: Um, at J. Dot Breeze, the the streak ending at WrestleMania thirty. Now, it's a moment. Yes, yeah. is, is it, uh, moment, The match yeah. sucks. So, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm going
0: to say no to that one, but it was a great moment, though, I guess. It's not know. really a
1: storyline, you know? like, Yeah, not really a storyline, yeah. Um, again, Dot Breeze. Oh, man, I don't know about this one. He said, the promos by The Miz were gold, so I'm going to say Miz and Maurice against Cena and Nikki Bella. Uh, <laughs> it was an
0: entertaining feud, I don't know. If it was one of the best storylines of the last ten years. Honestly, if you're going to include any Miz Mike work, I would say Miz and Ziggler, which got—I mean, it got old over time—but the matches were always great. And Miz, that was really when he started to break out. So I would say that over the mixed tag team stuff because the mixed tag team stuff was entertaining, but it was not like one of the best storylines in the last ten years.
1: Hey man, the network and fans put this this moment right here, top ten WrestleMania moments of all time, which I don't know how this moment got at number seven. What? <laughs> How the fuck that happened? Um, oh, that, oh, the,
0: the, the, the proposal? Yeah. I saw that on their – I mean, the WWE does stuff just to fucking stir up all the marks and stuff. But, yeah, that was so dumb. And and in addition to the fact, I think they put that up right before Mania this year, and then they broke up like two weeks later. I know they've since gotten back together reportedly. I don't know what the fuck is going on with those guys, but it's so funny in retrospect. So, yeah, I just wanted to mention that.
1: At the real Troy boy, Deshaun Michaels' depressed storyline leading into the WrestleMania 26 uh, match against Taker – some great acting followed followed by a stellar match.
0: Yes, everything from Mania 25 to 26 with Michaels was gold, so I
1: completely agree. All right. At Click Nick, one, Dan- Daniel Bryan against The Authority.
0: Absolutely. That might be very well
1: number one, if not
0: the Punk Money the Bank stuff.
1: Number two, again, from Click Nick, John Cena's U.S. title run, uh, with the open challenges to introduce Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens.
0: Yes. Another forgotten thing from the last 10 years. I don't know if it's a storyline really as much as it was a run for Cena, but it was easily one of the highlights of that 2015 year. Yeah, that was great.
1: At Nick Krapf, he wrote a lot, so bear with me. He said, okay. one, the woman's revolution. Uh, I agree. I, I mean, that's more of a just a general thing
0: that's gone yeah. over. That's, gradually increased over the last 10 years um but and yeah I, i'd agree with that not really a storyline but yeah okay. that's been yeah. one of the bright spots of the last 10 years
1: he said the the undertaker's streak i think that i think that's a storyline every year which is you know whatever Shawn yeah. michael's taker he did not yep. say what year but i'm assuming Shawn a taker i guess um, just in general yeah the rise and continued rise of nxt yeah. Of course, I mean not not a story. Not These aren't story really
0: storylines. Story These are really like the best of what's happened in the last ten years. But I would agree with that. Bullet the Bullet Club as a whole. I th- did you say WWE in your question?
1: No, I said I said best storylines in wrestling. So that, that's what they gave oh. me. Okay, um,
0: not a storyline, but yeah, right. the Bullet Club has been one of the best parts of the last ten years. Yep, I agree with that.
1: CM Punk's pipe bomb and championship reign. Okay, the Of sh- course.
0: the Shield. Of course, not a storyline, but yep, great stuff.
1: And he said the 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 Nexus. Mm, Yes, for like the first two months (laughs) until they gave gave him uh, until they had him fight John Cena in Summerslam, then the shit was over. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, (laughs) That shit was terrible. At Bronx Fanatic. Oh, come on, Jorge. Um, Daniel Bryan. He said Daniel Bryan cleared to wrestle
0: not a storyline mm-hmm. and they kind of made Brian just another guy on the roster so I'm going to say as of right now no not really I think but, everything he yeah, gave it's, me it's great was, that he's back
1: I think everything he gave me was a, a, a moment so he said Daniel Bryan cleared to wrestle the bar I don't know what storyline the bar you, you like NXT that's kind of generic <laughs> Kenny Omega's run in New Japan Nakamura turning on AJ and Lucha Underground
0: yeah those aren't those aren't storylines at all I mean Lucha's been great Nakamura AJ has been far from great. I mean, it's been good at points, but not been great. You know what, Graham? Um, I,
1: I think people are forgetting because they haven't seen a good storyline in so long. They don't know what what a fucking storyline is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, there were some really good ones there. Like I said, the, the Daniel Bryan Authority one. I would say top yeah. three are Daniel Bryan and the Authority, the Punk Money in the Bank, Pipe bomb stuff from 2011. And, honestly, the Rhodes and Shield stuff, I thought was phenomenal. The Punk and Brock stuff was very good, too, for the summer of 2013. The whole year sucked, but I thought that was really, really good. Um, that's the only stuff that comes to mind. NXT's had a lot of good stuff. I'm just including main roster here. And the Sean Taker stuff is up there, too. But that would be my top three, personally.
1: I do got a few more, but I'm I'm only going to mention something different. If they write it. Uh, at nine, 93, Ralph Lauren. He mentioned... He said the 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 New Day title run.
0: No, breaking. I mean, it was it was cool. Not a not a storyline, really. I would put Punk's title run, his four hundred thirty four day title run, because they were counting the days, and they were doing the same thing for the New Day. But at at the end there, the New Day were fucking loot. They were beating uh, Gallows and Anderson like every other week. It's like okay, who gives a shit at this point? So I would put Punk's title run over that one.
1: John Cena versus The Rock. Uh, the.
0: Feud was entertaining. I don't know if it was one of the greatest feuds of the last ten years.
1: At least the first I, I don't know, line, it was really not up and feud. down. Storyline, not feud. Yeah, yeah, I would say no build. to that one then. Uh, I think the f- the first match, not, not, not the second one.
0: Yeah, I no, that that's the thing. If you're if you're saying storyline, I would include both, but the second match sucked. So, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it was a cool thing to announce the match a year and a So, I guess you would have to include it, but it would not be at the top of my list.
1: Um, at Brooklyn's son, Batista's ascension to becoming world champion. I think that was like, that was... It's like,
0: like that's <laughs> that's 05. It's like, like not even the it right. last 15 years. It's like
1: 20 years ago. Um, <laughs> the Shield against Evolution.
0: Uh, Not best storyline. That was a great feud. Um, blank I don't know if it was one of the best. I mean, that would just include the Shield in general, but no, it was it was good though. The matches were great.
1: Shinsuke versus AJ in New Japan.
0: Mm, yes, but that's that was like one match. That was I don't remember anything about the feud. The match was amazing, but the feud I don't remember at all.
1: Oh, Chase Oliver 68 and you you can kind of tell how how old he is. Rock Lesnar <laughs> resigning Past WrestleMania thirty one, CM Punk walks out WWE, Ronda Rousey signed with the company. Daniel Bryan is cleared to wrestle in twenty eighteen. Come on, Graham.
0: Come on. The Ronda Rousey thing, I mean it was big, <laughs> but it's not great what? Greatest storylines? You kidding me? She's facing fucking uh, Nia yeah. Jackson the next weekend. No, no no, no thanks. Uh, the Daniel Bryan thing, are you kidding me? Dude, it's he got cleared like two months ago. I know it's great that Bryan got cleared, don't get me wrong, but it's like greatest match or greatest storylines. Let's go.
1: No, not really. Let come on, let's move on here. Well just be prepared for the for for the next one. Uh, at, at Viz <laughs> Viz, his v, CM Punk uh, Money in the Bank K O Y Two J. Everything about Gar- uh, Champa and Gargano, Basler and K A I K Bailey. Yeah, Bailey Sasha Dream Ricochet. Golden Lovers, Okado, Omega, Omega, Jericho, Bullet Club in general. Graham, come on,
0: <laughs> come on. Okay, I thought you were going for like a great answer here with the no. first. Name. I'm like, okay, 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 and then you said Basler, Dakota Kai. I'm like, what? That literally just uh, happened like a week ago, <laughs> like two days ago. <laughs> I think people are mixing up good storytelling with the best storytelling of all time. Like, let's come on, let's be real here, people.
1: Okay, let me let me brush through this. Um, at Kenny Brup Kenny. Kenny Braffy, Danny Bryan, Authority, we got that. Um, a yeah. Rod, 0034. The story of Jinder Mahal becoming the modern day Maharaja and winning the WWE title. I quit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I, I do want to thank those who um who engaged and, and and you know responded. You know we're gonna probably do this every week. Try to throw out a question on social media and get your fans' reaction, and we'll say it on the air. Um, before I do let you go, Graham, a couple things. Um, okay, the storylines. I did want to ask you when we when we spoke about the money in the bank. Um, matter of fact, I get I get to that in a second. Coming up, we have the the twenty one year anniversary of the nineteen ninety seven King of the Ring. I know it's not ninety six with Stone Cold. It's not ninety eight with uh, Taker and Mankind. But you know, again. We do anniversaries here, and we kind of go back to see what the pay per view was looking like back in that time. Uh, before I find out what the hell happened at the at the King of the Ring '97, do you know offhand what happened, or have you seen this King of the Ring before?
0: I have. I've seen yeah. all the pay per views on the network. It's been a oh, while. Yeah, Is that right. not the show where they did Michaels and Stone Cold?
1: That's right.
0: Okay, that was a great match, honestly. Bold opinion here, maybe not so bold, but better than fourteen, honestly, right? Better
1: what'd you say? Better than WrestleMania fourteen.
0: Better than WrestleMania fourteen, like by a long shot. Absolutely. And I don't know why. I mean, I know Austin got hurt later that year, but it's like I don't know. I just thought it was way better. Um King and King obviously H- Triple H becoming King of the Ring winner. I know that too. Right.
1: Um King of the Ring, nineteen ninety seven, June eighth, ninety seven. Uh let's go through it real quick before we get out of here. The headbangers defeated Bart Gunn and, and Jesse James. Wow. <laughs> wow.
0: Flash from the past right there.
1: Um, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, Triple H, defeated Ahmed Johnson in the semis for the King of the Ring. We had Mankind defeating Jerry Lawler, King of the Ring semifinals. Goldust defeated Crush.
0: Um, God, that sounds terrible.
1: <laughs> the Heart Foundation defeated the Legion of Doom in a six-man tag. Hunter Hearst, I keep saying Hunter Hearst, Triple H defeated Mankind in the King of the Ring final, So King of the Ring, uh, 97 winner was Triple H, even though he was supposed to win the year prior. Shawn Michaels, Stone Cold, best match on the card, ended up in a double DQ. They went the longest match with 22 minutes. And The Undertaker defending his title against Farouk in the main event. That was That's a, Ring, it's a solid
0: show right there. I don't know if it's one of the best ever, but it was a decent show on paper.
1: Um, obviously Stone Cold Sean with the best match on the card. Um, mm-hmm. they were the tag team champions at this time, which makes it a they little were. fun and, and interesting. They kept going back and forth with the Hart Foundation, like that storyline right there that's a storyline not no fucking Shayna Baszler and Tamona <laughs> Kai and, and okay that, that's a good storyline I don't want to poop mean, on that on but now. it's not it's Heart not better found, than what you just said the yeah. Heart Foundation in in, in in 97 the summer of 97 I think the fall them Stone Cold Sean and eventually Taker was all that was the entire summer that you saw so well
0: this was like the beginning of or not maybe not the beginning but it was like it culminated in that amazing 10-man tag team match at In Your House Canadian Stampede, which right, to right. this day is still one of the best pay-per-views they ever did.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, as far as the In Your House goes, I would say top three. Um, top three In Your House pay-per-view. I think it's got to be top
0: I don't know any other In Your House that's better than that one, in my opinion. From what I saw, I thought that was the best one.
1: From a top-to-bottom standpoint, I, I, you know, I, I think that's something else we can throw out there. But, you know, people are going to be quick to say you know in your house bad blood sean taker hell in the cell just because of that match alone um in your house in your house um yeah i, I think that's something that we, we, we you know what that could be a very fun interesting topic best in your house top three top five or top five matches in, in your house history but um but, yeah, man, for those who haven't seen King of the Ring 97, um, go ahead, and check it out. It is on the network. And like Graham and I said, Sean Stone Cold from that uh, was better than the, than the WrestleMania 14. The, the, the match itself, not not the whole aura and storyline, Sean was way more healthy in this match than WrestleMania 14. So go ahead and check it out. I did want to ask you about, do you think the Money in the Bank pay-per-view is like the new King of the Ring? Because back in the day, still you have WrestleMania, your SummerSlam, your Royal Rumbles, your Survivor Series, and then the King of the Ring was looked at as the fifth top dog best pay-per-view uh, throughout the year. Now, do you think Money in the Bank is that new King of the Ring where it, it, it is looked at as the fifth or maybe maybe even higher, uh, fourth, fifth best pay-per-view on the card throughout the year. And plus, these pay-per-views there is an incentive. You you know, King of the Ring. You win the whole tournament. You're now the King of the Ring for the year. Money in the bank. You win the contract. You can fight the champion at, at any point throughout the whole entire year. So it's money in the bank. The new King of the Ring.
0: I would say it has to be absolutely. I mean, like you said, King of the Ring was always seen back in like '97 um, and or '96, and whenever it was brought back as a pay per view, '93, I think. '93. Like as the yeah '93 is like the fifth. Biggest show of the year behind SummerSlam, Survivor Series, Rumble, WrestleMania, blah, blah, blah. Um, I would agree. I think Money in the Bank is now the fifth biggest pay-per-view, and it has been for years now, really dating back to like 2011, 2012, whenever the punk stuff happened, 2011. Um, It's been one of the most exciting and anticipated events of the year. Maybe not this year because the build has been fucking terrible. But, I mean, overall, though, um, it usually promises to be better than Survivor Series because you know you're going to crown a new Mr. or Mrs. in this case, Money in the Bank. So it always promises big moments, and it's been happening, you know, big moments have been happening in this pay-per-view for years now. Between the punk stuff, between in 2013 when Ziggler went babyface and a few other things when Damian Sandow turned on Cody Rhodes. In 2015, we had Dean Ambrose and Rollins in the main event. 2016, Dean Ambrose becoming WWE champion. In 2017, we had AJ Nakamura in the main event with Baron Corbin winning and all this other cool stuff. Carmella winning the first ever women's Money in the Bank ladder match. The pay-per-views have usually been consistently entertaining by and large since they started back in 2010. So yeah, I do agree that the King of the Ring, um, or Money in the Bank rather, is like the new King of the Ring. Also setting forth, like again, King of the Ring you watch because although you didn't really win a title shot with the exception of 19 or rather 2002 when Brock won it. Um, you know, it's still something to look forward to. Like, who's the new King of the Ring now? Who's the, Mr. Mu- who's the new Mister Money in the Bank for the next year? Who's the next Mister King of the Ring, or who's the new King of the Ring for the next year in WWE? So that's not to say I don't want to see the King of the Ring uh, King of the Ring be brought back. Right. I know it was actually advertised during WrestleMania weekend in that network promo, um, the but the then UK, they erased yeah. it from all advertising and they never talked about it again. So I don't know what's going on there.
1: Yeah, that was like for the UK or something.
0: Maybe, but they never – they did talk about the UK tourney, but they yeah. removed the King of the Ring part of it. So I don't think that's what it is because they're not calling it the King of the Ring. So I mean it would I would make sense if it was, but that's not what they're calling it. So I thought they were just bringing the King of the Ring back on its own. Right. Maybe they aren't. Maybe they – I don't know. They've always had a weird relationship with King of the Ring because they brought it back. They fucking ruined it. They they, they uh, brought it back after a few years after that, ruined it again, and then they put it back in the, uh, the on the shelf for another three or four years. So I don't know what's going on there.
1: Uh, real quick, I think to be fair, that going back to the storylines, um, I uh, the Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose stuff they had, uh, I think that's, that's a little bit underrated as far as storyline. I know they had the, the Lumberjack match going on. They had the Hell in a Cell match. Uh, they were going back and forth for a little bit. So I think for me, that's a bit underrated. Also, The Miz and Dolph Ziggler. Uh, just, just talking about recent stuff, um, that I, I just don't want to leave out, but I think Dolphin Miz, Seth and Dean Ambrose, and I'm just trying to think of maybe another one that. Oh, I like the I like the Randy Orton CM Punk time from 20 with the 2011, 2011 WrestleMania 27 time, and the 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 um the CM Punk Jeff Hardy time.
0: Uh, Sampon Jeff Hardy is a really underrated dude. Yeah, yeah, I would underrated. agree with that. That was a great. That was a great way for Jeff to go out. Yep,
1: very underrated. Um, so again, not trying to be biased because I'm, I'm I'm nostalgic and old school, but those from the last ten years, uh, I think that's very underrated. But um, Graham, you're going to Chicago, Money in the Bank, so I know we'll get a preview out of you before you head out there. Um, I think that that's pretty much we can all cover for uh for this week hopefully we get something more to talk about next week um again you can follow graham on twitter matter of fact graham you're now doing some stuff for fan-sided ddt so i did see that tweet so big ups and congrats to you uh that's not taking you away from your other nine jobs right
0: (laughs) no just on top of everything else exactly
1: so again, uh, uh, Graham Matthews, Bleacher Report, fan cited D T, uh, the host of the Wrestle Rant radio show. He's on Twitter at WrestleRant. Uh, Mark was not here this week, but you can also follow him on Twitter at Mark underscore Raymondi for from MMA fighting.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at Randy J. Cruz, R E N D Y, the letter J. C R U Z, and you can find this podcast on both SoundCloud and iTunes. SoundCloud.com slash cruise control podcast. And give us a download, rate, comment, and s- subscribe to us on both SoundCloud and iTunes. Graham, always appreciate it, man. Thank you.
0: Absolutely, Randy. Great times, just you and I today. I mean, always uh, it's gonna be great. to have Mark back here on the yeah. show next week, but uh, like I said, shout out to that Johnny NBA is always uh, longing <laughs> for the nostalgic times. You know, the old fans are always looking back to the Attitude Era. Johnny's always looking back to the Attitude Era of this podcast when it was just me and you. So had to right. satisfy him here today, but uh, looking forward to the three of us reuniting next week.
1: All right, man. Uh, you know what, fans? If if you like this show, you know, just you know, retweet it. Give us a a thumbs up. You know, any feedback, positive or negative uh we greatly appreciate it um any topic that we have uh we always thank you for your support and your um inclusion to the podcast Graham, my man thank you i appreciate it thank you randy be well and i'll talk to you next week all right man take it easy